Greetings everyone, this is the Absent Tongue Podcast and this is your host Abhay Singh bringing you the uncomfortable truth. Today I am joined in by a good friend of a friend called Rajesh Luthra who is an educator, a children's book author and also a consultant doing a lot of work in the digital transformation and innovation and he brings in a completely different perspective on things and discusses an uncomfortable truth with us and that is the death of curiosity within adults you heard that right the death of curiosity within adults to create new things on their own for example art music or anything that they are passionate about this is something which has plagued us for years and no one seems to be talking about it and uh, that is why i pulled in rajesh to give his perspective on things and how he transformed his professional life and morphed it into a more creative one so without further ado here you are with rajesh luthra Hey, Abhay, thanks a lot for having me on your podcast. Yeah, you're most welcome. And um, yeah, I'm really excited to know about you. So, Brajesh Luthra is, um, I would say, um, a good friend of a good, of an extremely good friend. And we are all connected in our little Indian silo within the Zurich metropolitan area. Let's call it that. I think, it's getting... a, I think it's more of an Indian ghettos, right? We Indians form our ghettos anywhere in the yeah, world. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's an Indian ghetto, or you know, there is something called the Indian Association of Greater Zurich. Yeah. And I always used to joke about this uh, that you know it's actually um, Zurich Association of Great Indians, you know, <laughs> because you have people from all parts of India which bring a lot of flavor. and twang and uh, culture and you know the how chaotic indian culture and the setup is within india we've kind of taken a slice of it and sort of transposed it to let's say the zurich lake side or the zurich city and we tend to meet every now and then and it is loud it is boisterous and rajesh and i both are from i would say north india mm-hmm. and uh, which is correct right that is you correct. are I'm from delhi you're from delhi is a delhi boy i'm <clears throat> from the very sophisticated city of lucknow <laughs> so but we do have a boisterous moments as well albeit with a little bit of finesse but <laughs> rajesh comes in from delhi the capital city of india brings in uh, a different um let's say a flavor like uh, yeah the yeah the main capital city confidence which you see in people in new delhi and yes it is always uh, it always has this sort of let's call it negative connotation that people from delhi are very brusque rude but it's because people don't have time and nobody has time people have to keep going keep moving and the language is that way and it has evolved over a period of time but let's not get into those specifics i think you can read about that on wikipedia but let's say hello to brijesh luthra from new delhi who is a friend of a very good friend of ours but he's on the podcast today to talk about himself and his writing and the creative side thereof so rajesh please introduce us to yourself all right 
Hey, thanks, Abhay. So let's start with what I do right now, right? Because I think that's the key and we'll go back to how it started. So I do three things. I I have my own consulting firm where I work on, you know, all the fancy sounding work like innovation, executive development, all digital, you know, all the stuff that's in today. But I have two other sides to me. One is I also teach at the uh, the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology, very fancy name, but simply put, that's where Einstein was and he taught there. So that's what everybody remembers there. And I'm also an author of children's books because that's the part which kind of keeps my curiosity, my, my inner child in me alive all the time. So that's the three things that I do. How it started was, uh, you know, Abhay, you mentioned that I, I'm, I'm a Delhi boy, but when I was studying in Delhi, uh, I still remember one of my, my father's friends asked me a question in the ninth grade. You know, you know, you're from India that everybody wants to know at the eighth or the ninth, tenth grade. So, so Beta, what are you going to do when you grow up? Hmm. Right? And he was an engineer. So his question was, will you be an engineer when you grow up? He didn't ask me, what are you going to do when you grow up? I was like, dude, I don't know. All right? I don't know. So I remember we passed a 12th grade. We were in the 12th grade and then the guy still asked me, what are you going to do? I said, I have no clue. I have no bloody clue. Only thing I wanted to do up here at that point of time was I wanted to join the army. Okay. The only thing, because I said, no, dude, at that point of time, that's all I want to do. So, you know, in India, there is this National Defense Academy, you know, where you can give an exam to, to join the army as an officer. So I passed that exam. I was like, fantastic. So I was called for a medical. You go to this very fancy army base where they make you do all kind of fancy activities running under, I don't know, tunnels and, and things like that. I passed all that. And I was feeling so good about myself. And on the last day, you have a medical exam. Right. So you go into, so I go to a room, a doctor, I wear spectacles. Right. So the guy says, yeah, that's not a problem. As long as in the army, you can have that. You go into a room and he darkens the light and he starts pushing some numbers onto the wall. And I have to read those numbers. And after a while, I say, dude, I don't see anything. Okay. okay? Uh, because there are these multiple dots that he puts onto the wall and says, what alphabets do you read? I said, I don't see anything. Then he changes that entire thing again, saying, do you, something, do you see something now? I was like saying, I should be seeing something, right? So I started mm. making up numbers and then after, after three minutes, he stopped, he shut down the projector and he switched on the light and said, sorry, dude, you're colorblind. Oh, wow. Okay. And I was like, okay, so that's what you were doing. So he was projecting images on the wall, which were made of multiple dots. And this, mm -hmm. those need to make up an alphabet or a number. And I had no clue what I was seeing. And that's when I turned out that I'm colorblind. I can't distinguish between certain shades of red and green. Okay. Okay. So, so um, yeah. 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 Sorry. So, hmm. Uh, that is quite interesting because I have done the same test because, okay, I wear contact lenses, mm -hmm. but I do have glasses as well. And I remember, I remember this test, but it was not done at the National Defense Academy because... I didn't have the stature or the physical yeah, yeah. strength to go some that far. But in general, um, there was an exam I've done similarly in the past, which was similar. Like you, you're correct. It's like a bunch of dots and patterns, and you have to recognize like the number four or something, or something. in it. Whatever, yeah, exactly. something, whatever. So okay, all right, all right. Uh, so, please go ahead. Yeah. So it started there, and then I was like, hey, what the hell am I gonna do? So then one of my father's friends and say, you should do hotel management. I'm like, I never thought of that, right? So anyway, so we went in there. So my father's friend, he took us to the Taj Hotel in, in Bombay. 
And I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds nice. You know, you can manage a restaurant, you can mm-hmm. do all this fancy stuff. I said, okay, we'll give it a shot. So I studied hotel management. Then I've worked in hotels for a couple of years, and then I realized it wasn't my cup of tea. I don't want to work. I don't want to go to work eleven o'clock in the morning and come back at one o'clock in the night because that's what mm-hmm. hotels work. So then I moved to GE, and then from there we moved to Budapest for two years. What a fantastic place! If anybody's lived there, yeah. I would highly recommend that. It is. And then, yes. and then from there, I moved to Credit Suisse. So I worked with a bank for six years, and then with an insurance company, Zurich Insurance, and then with a consulting firm called Genpact, where the thread was always this innovation digital firm. But I was getting bored of that because I wanted to then start mm-hmm. doing something different. So a couple of years ago, I, I I kind of branched out and I started my own consulting firm. because when i was leaving my company genpact my book was about to get published and i needed to spend time to get that out to the market in a proper way so that was a big risk in switzerland doing this on your own you don't have a, a continued source of income right so so that that was that was a big thing so that's where i am 2 years into the company in the middle of the covid crisis where all the contracts have been cancelled because of covid companies don't have money but i'm still mm-hmm. carrying on with my writing and the teaching at the university and okay. uh, that's where we are right now in september of 2020 interesting so <clears throat> interesting that you say that because i think we met exactly 2 years ago in 2018 at a common friends place um and uh, of course i like i said i knew of you but i did not have a chance to meet you in person and um i remember your book was about to be published that this was, was march 2018 Yeah, the book was published in December 2018, and that point of time there was a, all the prep, editing, and and the designing and exactly, all that nice stuff. Exactly. 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 Yeah. So I remember I met Rajesh at my friend's place, and it was a very large gathering, and we were talking about things. And uh, yes, I remember this was when I had also just started working with my friend Roy the Punker on Extreme Nation, and it was kind of new because I had no idea what executive producer really does, except for <laughs> one movie. Do, 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 you, do you know now? Do you know now? What an actually, actually now, now, now I do. So um, yeah, I mean, um, Roy is also going to be in a future podcast um, yeah. sometime soon, so that would be a nice to hear because we are going to talk about certain things that we are doing or planning for the future. But again. this is about you this time but i remember the context of the conversation and it was like ah there is another person who is creative because yeah. usually without getting into names again we have a very let's say uh, fairly balanced group of people who are mostly into either technology mm-hmm. or into finance that in seems finance, to be the yeah. stereotype of indian people who are resident in switzerland right people are <clears throat> of course you know also doing other things like hotel management as well yeah there are a lot of students who come to really nice schools in hotel management i think one of my cousin brothers in law was also in brig if i'm not mistaken there's yep. a school yep. there there's a very yeah, famous and, school there yeah yeah exactly and um, uh, they usually end up doing a lot of internships in all these restaurants within the country sometimes they are in indian restaurants and then you see these really young kids and you wonder how did they manage to come here and then they say yeah we are here doing summer internship i was like this is unthinkable of kids in india at least i'm talking about when i was growing up yeah, right yeah. time and i grew up in a very small town in jamshedpur which is fairly like a steel city of india but when you talk about 
um, having a career. Mm-hmm. You only talk about being a doctor or an engineer because <laughs> engineering because it's a steel city and an automobile city, and of course people will fall sick. So if you're going to be a doctor, there was no third option. Mm-hmm. And if somebody even mentioned hotel management. <clears throat> Here's when it gets really uncomfortable, and maybe you'll cringe when you hear this, Rajesh. That a person, I will not name who, in my school once said that hotel management is just a dignified servant, and it, yeah, that, it's like waiter banega. Yeah, that's what people use. Yeah, to, it's like, oh, will you become a waiter or something like that? That is the perception people have, and there were. people who were not inclined towards uh, technology or not inclined towards science in general wanted to be yeah going to commerce going to do economics etc etc do writing going to in the english language per se right and uh, that was never an option but then you still had people who came uh, to the you know to the fray and they said okay we will do hotel management and then we will uh, end up um yeah becoming somewhere in the service staff so there were people like that so rajesh your take on it well my take on it is quite simple right so that in india at least and if you think that in many parts of the world you are you are expected to grow in a particular way right so the expectation always is you study get a good job and become successful and, and and the definition of success most of the world over right is that you earn good money so it's only in i would say the top 0.05% of the world that people who really think that becoming successful could also mean in something that you really want to do it doesn't have to be an industry or a company or a profession that's run by others but you could be successful in what you wish to do so of course in today's world you know there's a whole lot of startups coming up it's 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 available but in the creative field at least in india that's not uh, it's it's you know it's not supported a lot so if somebody wants to go up and say look i want to be a filmmaker like you 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 doing that right now imagine if you'd said that 20 years ago <laughs> the, what what is the impression that you got and for me what what's important is the reason is that to me it kills curiosity amongst people right from a very very early age you are expected to look for your square that you fit into there are many squares that put onto the wall everything from iit to iim to 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 whatever and you're supposed to say pick your square the discussion about creating your own square doesn't happen that's correct that's correct actually uh maybe i can just butt in and say well um since i grew up in jamshedpur being a completely um industrial town mm-hmm. we grew up amongst engineers right so for us to have an engineering as a career or as a career option was kind of obvious right and it so happens that my father and i both belong to the same alma mater we both went to id kanpur mm-hmm. and it was kind of logical for me to at least emulate what my father did so he was a uh, masters in or electrical engineering in bachelors and masters in computer science and i said yeah i just want to be like daddy i was yeah, easy yeah. <laughs> but uh, for other yeah. people who did not have that inclination or did not have that let's say rational bent or that 
sort of left brain bent mm-hmm. for them to even explore the right hand right, right side of the brain was considered taboo like it's like no if you want to learn how to play guitar mm-hmm. it should just be your hobby that cannot be your job i mean <laughs> i also went in that direction that i loved playing guitar as a kid but then i sort of prioritized or like okay i love it mm-hmm. but I don't really want to become a musician but that was my own of my own volition not because my parents forced me to do it yeah. but yes I could have imagined that if I was really good at guitar and if I would say that no I want to be a rock star yeah. and uh, they would have like okay something we need to talk about my son and we would have had a chat mm-hmm. right I think that would be like sort of congruent to what you are saying Yeah it and, and I think you're right right because it's it's about saying what do you want to do versus what do you want to become and to me that's that's really important is when I work with people the the discussion about do you want to create something of your own you still hear that very rarely you still hear that very rarely and 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 to me I think it kills a huge part of who we are because I everybody has a big creative side right so we our 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 right and left side of the brains and I know there's there's enough been written and talked about it they're there we are told to exercise a left side of the brain because that is acceptable and that is what considered good you you the right side of the brain doesn't get exercised and i have a firm belief you do something you do something a small amount for 5 to 10 minutes every day you're going to become good at it So even if even right from the early age if our children you know are asked to exercise or help to exercise their creativity in a non educational form i think the what we the what the world will produce will be very very different than than what it used to 10 years ago so to me that's something i always whenever i talk with people so when i teach in the university or when i speak with people in my work so the moment you start talking about what do you do outside work there's a silence <laughs> and i was like and a lot of people say what do you mean <laughs> okay yeah you work for 8 hours a day whether you're a banker or a technology guy do you have an interest outside of work they say yeah my family is my interest so you, your family is not really your interest right it's your you duty want, it's you it's you, you love your family it's your duty right you want to do everything that you want to do for your family so that you're safe and comfortable but that's not your interest and like so okay so what's your interest ah i don't know going to restaurants maybe so a lot of people right like you you're into music uh, so you listen to a lot of music but the interest to create something is very rare a lot of people have opportunities a lot of people then miss these opportunities because it's considered flippant All right the moment you start talking about people hey i i'm doing something creative it most places in the world it's still considered flippant and say you know what the hell do you mean that how can you be a painter as good as picasso yeah but i say look look i don't want to be as good as picasso i want to be as good as brijesh <laughs> or or i'm <laughs> a, saying, yeah. i'm a painter i'm doing it because i love it and and that's the sense of curiosity or creativity which which is continuously on the decline and 
and, and you know and, and and that's what pisses me off a lot of times and say that look what can we we as a society or we as small people individually do something to change that and i'm quite passionate about that and every time i speak with people there has to be a way that we have other creative outlets rather than being more creative at work making a little bit more money at work by using a creative way to do that but something outside your work atmosphere and that's a passion for me to to try and develop that amongst people interesting actually um i think both of us are living in the same context as in we are both living in the zurich area like the metropolitan yeah. area and of course living in switzerland means uh, there is a lot of uh, different things you can do or let's say both of us are fathers so both of us have you know our my son is quite young but mm-hmm. uh your son is older i met him um and i'm not i don't remember no, he's 16 it. now he's 16, 16 now. now so um he's growing up in a totally different paradigm as yeah. compared to you yeah mm-hmm. and um uh, if i may ask is he going to um a local public school or is it yeah, uh, he he was in the local public school now he's just started his internship with UBS so there you go there's another banker okay. in the family there's another okay. banker in Great. the family so but he did go to a local he went to a local school, school. he went to so he's a school. sort of swiss in that way that he grew up learning the local language correct exactly. and the culture more importantly and the culture more importantly so of course he's growing up in a completely different paradigm as opposed to india where the competition is pretty stiff mm-hmm. and uh, you really have to really charge through your way through the crowd to make yourself known so i mean typically i would understand in the indian context why being competitive and why your left side of the brain is considered more important because believe it or not that gets you a position or let's say in the industry where you can make your living let's put mm-hmm. it that way does not mean that a certain job is better or worse than the other although if you talk to somebody in the indian context they will completely classify that that job is crap that job is good and you should aim to do that if you're not an mba you do not do anything so I, i'm um, not an mba by any chance but i teach, but i teach at the executive mba program which is which is that is that is really cool because i can talk for myself that there was a very specific point in time when i was working with deloitte consulting and everybody was going towards the typical ivy league program mm-hmm. including a lot of good friends that we know was like the logical step forward that ah oh, you cannot be doing consulting like this for the rest of your life you got to do an mba and cross over to the next salary tier that was really the jump right uh-huh. and then Honestly I did the math and I said yeah uh, well Ivy League means a good amount of money that you have to put in you can mm-hmm. always take a loan but I was kind of not very happy with this construct and um, actually I just flaked in that sense I'll be very honest I flaked and I said you know what I cannot write a bullshit story about why do i need an MBA because mm-hmm. I am not convinced myself that I need an MBA and I did it in a very flamboyant almost quasi over the top way so <laughs> this is a very specific time I've I've actually pictures to prove it that I did this so I took like a flight from San Francisco to Hawaii all right this was 2003 went to okay. Honolulu right yeah. by myself uh, before new years 
uh, went and stayed at a very plush hotel which mm-hmm. i will not name right mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, was by myself mm, i'm not going to say anything about that all by myself rented um, a mustang convertible yeah. carried my guitar with me mm-hmm. and somehow managed to connect my guitar um, through a wireless not bluetooth but wireless um, device to the car stereo so okay. imagine this bridges <laughs> this was to write my uh, mba essays can you imagine like so this was the background so i was sitting on a cliff playing my guitar and then i was like you know what i am inspired more to play music than i am to write this damn essay and i never got around to finishing those essays and whenever i actually slogged through it and completed it it was so half assed that you know i said you know what um, yeah i will apply for it but my heart and soul was not in it and you know when i left united states in 2006 uh, i left with like as actual departure saying that you know this is the life that i don't want because <laughs> this is a rat race i want to try something new and i did not know what that something new was mm-hmm. i came into switzerland as i would think the first person in my friend circle not knowing anybody and spent almost a year in seclusion if you will i knew local people or people who i worked with mm-hmm. but no indian people so when our very good common friend whom where whom we met or yeah. who invited us both to the place where we met let's mm-hmm. not name him he came to uh, zurich in 2007 i reconnected with him because we used to work in the same company the lloyd consulting in the past mm-hmm. and that's how my indian circle got expanded but before that i was a solo person even in city of bern and yeah doing stupid stuff like going to the saturday morning to a very nice cafeteria called cafe roma having my cappuccino going and eating like at the mexican food stall almost mm-hmm. like a creature of habit but i was loving it because it was like something new something european yada 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 but it was me trying to sort of reinvigorate this dead creative side of me and it took me a while it took me a really long time and then of course i got married had a kid then it was kind of pushed down and now let's say i'm in my creative binge so to speak yeah hence you are here so it's good that you also brought forth this creative binge in yours and created a book let's talk about that book which you spoke about 2 years ago it has finally come to life come to fruition i would like to know more about it over to uh, you so so this book is is a uh, thanks thanks for that uh, transition very very subtle and very nice transition away so i think this book came about so the book is about a boy who's an 11 year old boy and his robot friend who go around having adventures in the universe so that's that's what the story is always based on so it's a series of books when the first one they meet and they go on a series of so this entire book had started actually as a gift for my son which was 6 years ago uh when so me and my son love cricket much to the uh, agony of my wife right now so we can <laughs> we can think and talk about cricket all day so the book started off as saying there's a boy living in switzerland who wants to play cricket but there are not opportunities in cr- to play cricket in switzerland right so he's he's looking for ways to get attached to cricket and he suddenly gets thrown into the world where the cricketing god of the universe has lost his cricketing planet because of a stupid thing that he did and he's looking the he's he's roaming around universe looking for the best the what I call is the spiffiest cricketer in the galaxy 
to help mm. him with his planet back and that happens to be this boy of course and you know they meet and as in when kids book they go through a multiple series of adventures and the boy wins the the cricketing planet back for this cricketing god and that's how the entire thing started now when the book ended it was a birthday gift for my son it took me around two odd years to 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 write that book when the book ended it ended in a place that i never intended it to it intend it ended with an opportunity for further story which i'd never thought about now suddenly and that's where your creativity we were talking about came in that it ended in a place where i'd never intended it and then i thought hey this is a great place for a sequel and the sequel was about which is the actually the funny thing is the sequel is the first book that was published and it's about a boy who hates doing his his tasks at home he's an 11 year old boy he wants machines to do the tasks for him as as most kids do nobody likes to empty the dishwasher and you know and all the all, all the fancy all the all the boring stuff so this boy wants machines but he doesn't want normal machines he wants cool machines like he should be sitting on his bed he throws a ball at the light in his room the light bulb explodes the glass falls on a cat which is sleeping under his uh, under the mattress the cat gets scared it jumps knocks over a candle the candle lights a fire the bed sheet catches fire because of the smoke the smoke alarm goes off water water starts falling all over the place the water collects in a small bucket the bucket rolls towards the dishwasher washes all the dishes and pings back and all the dishes are washed that's the kind of machine that he wants oh so it's like a what i've Rube seen Goldberg so many machine. Bit, so these are these are root gold gold machines yeah i was precise. looking so he, for that precisely so he was uh, he was inspiration so it started with that and actually then i published my second book first because i did not want to get kind of ear earmarked as a cricket writer so if, if the first book comes out with a cricket based themes a lot of times especially in india it would do well in the commonwealth part but in the other parts of europe it would have so i actually published my second book first and the second one which is about cricket is going to come out as a prequel sometime next year so that so that it is it's a kind of a mystery that remains in the first book so and you're also sort of working sort of working backwards if you precisely. want to say precisely so this is book 1 and the book 0 will be the one which reveals how the entire story started And, and and then it's a series and then it's an entire series but but the entire book is again linked to what we were discussing earlier it's a curiosity of a child to discover what is possible that's mm-hmm. what that's what the entire series so this little boy and this robot their entire thing every book is based on a question mm-hmm. why can this not be done or why has this never been done before interesting and and the entire thing is about that question sparks a series of events but that question is something that most people don't think of because they take things for granted primal curiosity yeah no yeah. for sure i think i think as kids all of us were very curious about our surroundings our uh, um you know our studies are wanting to learn the quest for knowledge and as we grew older 
curious about our bodies, how we look, how we present ourselves to the other sex, if you will. Yes. That was a big thing. That was a big thing. I know yeah. it was a very big thing in Delhi and it was something which we in Jamshedpur wanted to always emulate because we used to look and say, look at the Delhi boys. They are doing it this way. I mean, we are nowhere near them. I mean, this was like one of those conversations which we as friends used to have. And then when you grow a little bit older, you sort of have a little different focus because you have to prepare for your standard 10th exam or your 12th exam and you're getting a little bit more career oriented. Mm-hmm. And then the other things sort of fade away. But <clears throat> that's, let me see. Um, I mean, I can tell for myself that, yeah, I mean, I always was a sort of a class clown in, in, in high school. All my friends remember me as that. Yeah. And I still hold that reputation. I mean, like I'm the... Um, yeah, let's call it the fire starter, the shitster, <laughs> whatever you, you want to call okay, it. Okay, well, I haven't seen that part of you yet. Oh yeah, we we have met in a very tame and tame, um, formal, like a, formal. Yeah, and in a in a capacity in front of our children, which um, I would like to contain and say, okay, yes. Um, Let's not go in that direction in this conversation, Brijesh, in when we met the last time, we spoke about a bunch of things. I remember we were like kind of talking on and off and I was running behind my kid and but we were having conversations and I even remember talking to your son and we even started talking about German rap for some reason. Yeah, yeah, I was he, like, he's into rap. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. So uh, we were like, oh, do you listen to Bushido and from German rap? Because I used to listen to Bushido because it used to play like 24-7 on MTV or whatever channel. Yeah, on MTV on, in Switzerland. And since I didn't speak German then, I just used to think that, hey, this is kind of cool that a Tunisian uh, German guy is rapping in gangster German. This genre actually exists. So weird, right? So, but that's also showing like a totally different creative side. Some people may like it. Some people may think, no, it's over the top. It's too gangsta or whatever it is. And, um, but kids love it. Believe it or not, they like to emulate being dressing up them because it shows a certain personality and image, etc. Same for me as a metalhead, you know, we grew up saying that, oh, if you wear this t-shirt, that means you are belonging to like a clique a or you, you, yeah, clique. yeah exactly and uh, yeah exactly and um, because it was very music focused so if you like this artist you explore music the lyrics etc all of us has gone through that you know even in delhi i'm sure when you were growing up or maybe let's put this question to you what sort of music were you listening to when you were growing up as a as let's say a teenager to your 12th standard years Oh, good question. Michael Jackson. Yeah, MJ was big. Michael Always. Jackson was big. And at that point of time, for me, that was music because MTV was just coming in. Uh, MTV was just coming And we came, from, uh, we came from a not well-to-do family. So we couldn't afford to buy, I couldn't afford to buy CDs and, and you know, and, and, and too, too many cassettes and everything. So we could watch what was there on TV and what used to come on radio. But my musical interest changed completely after I went to college. So at that point of time, so I I was into Megadeth and Nirvana and, uh, you know, so some of these things, which I've moved away from. So, but but my, my musical journey has started with the, the Michael Jacksons of the world. It moved into metal. I still listen to a lot of hard rock, uh, not really metal like, like you. Uh, yeah. But I, but I also listen to a lot of these, what I call as quirky music, 
by quirky music, I, I no 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 well by quirky music uh, you you might have heard a band called Fish they're into it they're a jam band yes yeah. with a ph yeah ph that's correct so their their the music is fantastic but it's the lyricality and what they talk about there's another group called the beautiful south i don't know whether you've heard of them no they are famous for their humor in their lyrics and the humor is a picky humor they are making a joke off someone so they're laughing at someone <laughs> it's it's a very english humor it's a very english humor if, if there's anybody english that here so i i love i love music and and films and books that explore the slightly offbeat humor or or an offbeat topic things like woody allen is one of my favorite authors he's he's in the news today for a lot of wrong reasons but but that man has such a fantastic creative brain that i'm in awe whenever i read anything that's written by him it is it, just maddening is just maddening and there's a quote that i still remember of him he he gave it in an interview and he was talking about his creativity he was like yeah the brain is my second favorite organ <laughs> and, and and knowing what he's what and, you know knowing what he is in trouble with today we i now see the reference of what he's talking but i always have been prefer i always prefer these these quirky these quirky kind of uh, interests if you will because it helps me like you know i think that's what we were talking about earlier it helps me feel that that side of of the brain where there's very little fodder available elsewhere on a day to day basis so that's that's what my interest that's where my interest outside work uh, yeah i think uh, yeah i mean i kind of get the drift so um of course uh let me not get into my musical taste because then i will consume the entire podcast with it and i've already spoken about that in another podcast yeah so, i have heard that um, that's a fascinating yeah, one yeah. yeah so i mean uh, but yes let's say um i used to be a purist um until even as much as i would say till 2006 since i came to switzerland and mm-hmm. then i got exposed to a completely different genre of music within Uh, Europe itself, because uh, because of Europe uh, as its character. So you have regional bands, you have Italian bands singing in Italian, you have French bands singing in French, you have German bands singing in German. I mean, we always listen to Rammstein, but yeah. <laughs> and was also one of the reason why I started learning German in the first place that I wanted to understand what they are singing about. But, right. right and then you have polish band singing in polish plus english check band singing in check etc etc and you get this completely different kind of quasi folksy um sort or now is termed as i don't know neo folk or whatever folkish movement or whatever it is called sometimes it has a sort of negative connotations because it's like very much into that sort of political spectrum where they are very nationalistic but i am not into that sort of stuff in terms of the politics it does not excite me at all but mm-hmm. i do appreciate if they are good musicians so if they are good musicians bringing out something very interesting about their culture i'm interested in that mm-hmm. if i don't know about irish music or i mean i know mainstream irish music about line dancing and all that stuff but if there is something very typical about uh, ireland or a history of ireland which i did not know about i would look to a a band which i listen to called primordial they talk a lot about 
Irish history, etc. But with almost like a lament. Mm-hmm. So it's like so forlorn years. They have songs called the Coffin Ships, which talk about the Irish migration into the United States and how these ships of Irish people were going towards unknown shores and then they were dying on the way mm. and literally they were reaching the other shore as a New York or New England as coffins and there used to be times where sharks used to follow these ships because they would know that sometimes they would dump their bodies into the sea so it's like macabre subject but it kind of gives you a uh, a snippet of time where you know that was very bleak in Irish history, the potato famine, etc., etc. We have read about this, but who sings about this stuff? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like one of those things. It's a catharsis in a way, right? So, yeah. I think, I mean, that's again a very grim subject. But if you come back to let's say the lighter side of life, where you do see things which inspire you, excite you, I somehow feel that you know. Now that we have Spotify or streaming services, choose whatever you will, there is no excuse for you to say that I don't listen to music. I mean, that to me is a sacrilege. (laughs) You cannot say that I don't have access to music at all. Like there used to be time where we were growing up, like you said, you couldn't buy cassettes, but you could get whatever you get on MTV. Now it's pretty much on demand, like you have video on demand and you have Netflix, etc. So these days, it's very difficult to not subscribe to such content, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. Are you interested in pursuing that as a career? Yeah, that's a separate thing, but at least something which inspires you to do something else. Maybe some people listen to a certain type of music to meditate. Mm-hmm. which I think Rajesh a lot of people in our age group are slowly gravitating towards like everybody wants to meditate everybody wants to go the spiritual way not and, which is fine not, not uh, me neither I, <laughs> thank god okay yeah okay but I'm I, sure I saw, you have yeah go sorry ahead, go, go ahead no, no, go ahead go ahead you were saying something no no so yeah just to complete my point I was like if people ask me, do you meditate, Abhay? Because, you know, you are into quite like heavy topics, etc. Where are you getting the inspiration from? I'm like, yeah, believe it or not, I would get up in the morning, yeah. like pretty much before I start this podcast mm-hmm. at 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning, wake up, put my uh, like my jogging clothes on, except that I didn't jog, <laughs> and then stepped out, put my headphones or my um, uh, speaker, or like I mean, uh, my earphones, yeah. and put out my playlist which is kind of mixed bag mm-hmm. or whatever I feel like listening to that day and that would be my meditative zone and then sometimes it would be music that I like black, which makes my hair stand on the end which is what I really relate to more and sometimes it is just something as nice as uh, Lucas pa- Luca Pavarotti mm-hmm. singing about Nesundorma that one which you hear in a lot of movies or he performed i think in the italia olympics if i'm not mistaken that was that version of it or wagner's ride of the valkyries Mm -hmm. that is one song or let's say that is one symphony which if you are looking for inspiration in a day it does it for me it does as i listen to it you know it it like you know kind of gets your blood all boiled up and you're like ready to take on the world you know so 
and funnily enough richard wagner used to live in zurich somewhere around in okay that's news yeah, for me yeah. that's news for yes, me yes there is a richard wagner house um i will send you the link for that later but okay fantastic at some point of time he did not live and die here but he lived at a particular house at some point of time so yeah what is your inspiration how do you get inspired how do i get inspired i get inspired so there's a there's a there's a rhythm that i've formed over the last few years that every morning i try and spend 15 minutes learning something that i would have normally never been exposed to and the and the simplest way to do it is that i i happen to i'm lucky enough to have a kind of a, a library in in my house so i every morning i go pick up a book randomly and spend 5 to 10 minutes reading a random portion of that book and it's amazing how this serendipity provides you with so much inspiration and so that's that happens to be my core part and another thing which is a little bit boring that some that if i'm not doing that i would go to wikipedia and pick open a random wikipedia page <laughs> i do that too and forcibly read at least half of it if it happens to be a huge one and the reason is that i i want to make it a point just to say hey learns learn about something that is that you never get that you'll never get exposed to and i get a lot of inspiration i get a lot of inspiration from 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 doing that for instance there is something that happens in my first book that actually that i actually read about on wikipedia there was a particular incident of uh, you know in 1800 there was a small accident that happened between two people some random wikipedia i don't even remember the name but that little knowledge steered my book in a completely different direction and it made the entire story so much richer than what i had the idea of so i get inspired by 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 a lot of this and then i have some standard authors and musicians that i go to so to me that's that's the inspiration so everybody from italo calvino to uh, to to douglas adams to woody allen like i said these guys and yeah and finding a random piece of information and sometimes i try and speak to to people on the train people that i don't know Oh you do that too you have that disease as well so I do that I do that just the other day I was talking to of course now over the last few months you haven't been able to go out right so so we were hiking up a mountain and then we met this very old couple 70 year old couple hiking up the mountain and you know we were huffing and puffing and these guys were like as if it was like a walk in the park for them and we I started talking to them and and you know at the first the first question that that man asked me was i've never seen an indian in the mountains okay <laughs> all right he's a swiss guy and it's a very very valid question because yeah, that's we, actually true yeah we indians go to the interlakens of the world and uh, you know mount titlis but this is in a place called canton uri as central switzerland as it can get this man grew up in a town which has 700 people he has never stepped away 5 kilometers away from his town he's lived worked there and he asked me a question saying i've never seen an indian in the mountains and that sparked a question in my head that i want to know why is he asking that question where is it coming from where is it coming from because he did not mean it derogatory it was not a derogatory question i could see that curiosity in his on his eyes and say look I've never seen somebody here. What are you doing here? <laughs> you know, and I learned so much about about from him about the Swiss mentality. 
okay. is that a lot of times when when foreigners especially people like people from us we come to we, we come to a place like Switzerland we consider Switzerland to be a closed society right so we always talk about that the Swiss don't like to talk I Swiss I don't like to talk about they don't let people into their lives yes there is but the reason is not that they try to close you out but they a lot of times they don't know how to invite you in that's the that's a belief that that I've, that I've come up with and so you know it's a long answer to a simple question where do you get your inspiration from no but it's, i i love this it's because random things yeah i love this because there are some definitely some parallels so the disease that i spoke about about talking talking to random people on trains mm-hmm. um, i tend to do that quite a lot and quite recently you know uh, i think my german has got a little bit better than what it used to be and i think when you're in a sort of a creative binge project you tend to be a lot more loquacious mm-hmm. i think i remember you were quite loquacious even when i spoke to you and it was like you know yeah we were like i mean i wouldn't want to boast but i think we were the only two guys who were like talking 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 and all the other guys were listening and i was like you know hey come on chime in guys like i mean we shouldn't be the only people hawking the limelight so to speak i mean i love to be the life of a party but if i meet another life of the party then it will be too much um, of you know focus on two people and it would tend i mean and and in the most part we were kind of talking talking we were not discussing events politics mm-hmm. finance etc things which do not interest me at all like for mm-hmm. example as you know in india there is this ongoing thing about uh well not coronavirus is this suicide of this known actor and the whole upheaval about it yeah. and the whole social justice craze about bringing this to a final end i know yeah and it has reached a point where i am frustrated with it and i'm like you know i don't want this on my mobile device as like i don't want to just read about corona virus about every day to day movements of how many cases etc mm-hmm. yes i would like to know about general stuff like okay what are the new measures how can we avoid it etc etc and those are that's the new normal we are living in but yeah i mean when it comes to wikipedia actually that's kind of interesting do you always go into also this uh the rabbit hole down the rabbit hole that you start on one article and then you click on another link, uh, another link. tricky tricky subject yes it is do but i try and stop beyond a particular level because <laughs> you end up wasting a lot of time right you end up wasting yes, a lot of yes. time yes wikipedia can be a repository of information and an infinite waste of time i feel of course not everything on wikipedia is accurate because it is created by a community right it is moderated to a certain extent it's kind of um yeah democratized information mm-hmm. but it's still not like britannica as we were doing when we were growing up so that those were citations etc although wikipedia also has it and somebody will of course tag your article as please put a citation if you tend to make a claim so there mm-hmm. are these wiki media or wiki media moderators or the police as i call it them and rightfully so i mean you won't want to put informatory stuff or derogatory stuff about somebody and let it be on the internet because typically if you search for anything these days <clears throat> the first link will always be the wikipedia entry mm-hmm. thereof always yeah so it's always interesting that we have sort of 
first prioritize how we search our data we always use google nobody uses bing sorry microsoft users nobody uses bing all right or any other yahoo search or whatever it used to be yahoo till google came on up and washed the slate clean mm-hmm. and now we see that for our truths in quotes we tend to go to wikipedia and recently so youtube which is also user community driven and again not a source of information it's not a library for it's just a bunch of yahoo's putting stuff on the internet mm-hmm. and people tend to get sold to this and whatsapp videos are being so sent across for different topics which i don't want to get into um yeah but i think now people are more consumed by noise don't you think so i think like you said that when you do your job and you want to spend time with the family i think the entire family is either addicted to the phone or addicted to the tv or the news that's thing because it's so sensational and they don't have room for creativity what do you think because about because it's a, yeah because it's it's a consumption is always easier than creation Yes. Uh, it's it's as simple as that it's as simple as that and today we are in a consumption mode most people are in a consumption mode but the challenge the challenge there is that can you can you turn that consumption into creation right mm-hmm. and and again a lot of times actually there was a there was a research that i was reading by by somebody which i somebody from the university sent it to me which was fascinating so then the reason people tend to focus a lot on this in the youtubes of the world and everything is that because they it's been proven that by the end of the working day because multitasking is considered to be a good skill over the last 15 20 years that if you if you could multitask you are a better professional it tires your brain so much that your brain cannot process or create new things towards the end of the day after 6 or 7 hours of multitasking which a lot of us do everything from emails to checking our phones to the linkedin profile and blah blah, blah all that stuff people always get into a saying that consuming is easy that's one way for them to switch off and that takes over your way of working and that's one of the reasons that of course that so the so the cre- people on youtube there are creators who are creating things but that's only a very small number there are more consumers in the world and it's it's precisely because of that these are the most people if they don't have a creative outlet they the consumption becomes the easier part or the, or the easier outlet to switch off the brain and i think that's to me is one of the issues that 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 we are facing today is that yes there's not a lot of truth in all all those things but again i think that can spark your that can spark your creativity and imagination in a very different way how can you join two lies together to make a truth yeah actually the moment you said that i am reminded of this very famous line from the movie or actually the book we for vendetta mm-hmm. that artists create lies to tell people the truth whereas politicians use lies to cover the truth up yeah and I, this exactly. line i remember this because in that movie or actually i read the book actually after i saw the movie because i was like who has written this 
script and then it turned out to be Alan Moore mm-hmm. the Alan Moore who's written Watchmen he has written yeah. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and a host of other books and his writing is phenomenal he does not write just novels he writes graphic novels okay, yeah, yeah. being put and these are like more adult oriented with very interesting themes like especially Watchmen if you are loving that franchise um read the book I haven't read that book. I haven't seen Watchmen as well, but I'll make sure that I'll, I'll make sure that I can loan it to you. I would say, I, I would believe say, in buying books. I don't believe in. I don't believe in. Well, in, in book lending or book, book lending. borrowing. Okay, I'm a firm. I'm a firm believer. So I'm I'll believer buy books. Then please buy the book, and I would say. Um, or maybe you know if you watch the movie you might like the movie because it's very gizmo oriented it's like very hollywood mm-hmm. and you'll kind of get the theme but if you read the book afterwards then you'll see a lot of things were of course trimmed out because it's impossible to make a 3 hour movie right out of a graphic novel which is already very intense and there has been really parts which have been copied from the graphic novel like frame by frame okay right? that's fascinating um, yeah. check it out um v for vendetta i think you are aware of correct mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i am you've seen the movie it's in our zeitgeist the guy fox mask is all over the world as a symbol of anarchy or protest etc and it's become mm-hmm. kind of a trope i mean uh, not what alan moore had in mind because he was trying to portray something i mean if you are interested in v for vendetta i would suggest you see the movie which is very good with hugo weaving in it uh, even though he doesn't show his face and um, otherwise just get a copy of the book and I read it on your way to work yeah 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 i, I mean will. it is amazing the way things have been brought out in it and uh, i think i got let's say triggered is the word for it which people use these days to stick to my creative side like in or let's say ignite or reignite my creative side and yes it is always curiosity and uh why would you want to know as people were like i sometimes you know do this thing not sometimes actually i do this thing a lot and we do this thing a lot in india that we automatically size a person up because of their last name right so here i am talking to rajesh luthra i know that luthra is a north indian name and it is from somebody who belongs to punjab mm-hmm. is that right that is correct yes and are your parents originally from punjab or pakistan. elsewhere pakistan the exactly. punjab the punjab of pakistan if you will exactly exactly so um i think a lot of people in uh, outside india or outside the indian subcontinent do not know this that you know like there are a lot of people who are from punjab because we speak the same language mm-hmm. um it was one punjab which got divided into two after partition mm-hmm. so let's not go into that story because that's very touchy story for a lot of us and uh, we can get into a really emotional moment with this but let's not talk about this but let's say we size people up with the last name and i do the same thing here much to sometimes the curiosity of the other person is why is the person asking me this or isn't it a little too impolite to ask the person i was like I just want to get to know you as a person. Mm-hmm. Where are you from? Like I do this, or in German, uh, you say, "Woher kommen Sie aus?" Woher kommen Sie aus? Yeah, exactly. And most of the people are really friendly towards it because you know he's like asking me about my origin. Uh, why is this person interested? But you know, I would love to talk about it because people sort of turn to put that down, especially people from Eastern Europe, etc. They want to blend into the crowd. They speak Swiss German. 
but the name gives it off the moment mm-hmm. you sit in an uber driver and the name is you know something like miroslav or uh, some uh, very generic uh piotr or something of that sort then you mm-hmm. kind of size up and say okay it's a slavic name this is just an example people <laughs> mm-hmm. i have met really interesting characters in my 10 years stay when even when uber was not around just general taxi drivers you mm-hmm. generally talk and it sometimes happens to be somebody from pakistan as well and the moment i see the name is muslim then you know i i'm from lucknow so i whip out the usual assalamu alaikum bhai mm-hmm. you know and then suddenly the complete conversation takes a different course and then it's like how long have we been here etc et so there is a template of my mini interviews or let's say my mini uh, conversations that i've had in the past and it's just a curiosity like and it sometimes irks people is like you know why do you get into this conversation why why the guy might some might brush you off sometime somebody actually said this to me very recently british i said uh, i'm sorry uh, where are you from uh, and the person actually was from uh, sweden or somewhere in the scandinavian country and very brusquely said that is not relevant at the moment of time and i was like all right the guards are up oh, the person does not want to talk about it well like oh well, that's okay as but i knew as you know as you can see with the color of my skin i'm from india <laughs> you know i then then i twisted and turned it around and then the person finally gave it like oh yeah well i just i'm apology i'm apologizing for my brusqueness or being brusque but it just seemed weird i was like yeah but that's just me i'm a weirdo <laughs> what can you do <laughs> so yeah i mean curiosity as they say kill the cat yeah yeah but the cats have nine lives right cats are nice. <laughs> precisely beautifully said yeah yeah so yeah i mean it's a pleasure i think yeah we are running out of time and i think we had decided to do this until uh, 15 minutes ago but to be continued i am loving this i think we need to catch up for uh yeah aswaray sometime aswaray. exactly yeah, yeah exactly and uh, talk about stuff off the record because i see there is a lot of me and you and i think you'd see something similar perhaps <laughs> minus sure, the cursing sure. <laughs> which we've not got into today so which actually we may not got into today but i mean there is no point and there's no harm in doing a part 2 of rajesh lutha because even i think we just scratched the surface and we only scratched uh, we only scratched the surface and but we did get into the curiosity part which was our original theme mm-hmm. and let's see when you get with your next book oh uh, yes i would love to invite you another time so Fantastic. thank you so let's much for your time and um, yeah it's lovely seeing you again in flesh and blood although in on a silver screen <laughs> but i guess we need to catch up soon sometime sounds good let's yeah? do all right thank you so much rajesh thanks a bunch abe yeah talk to you soon take Bye-bye. care So yeah that was Prajesh Luthra giving us a spiel on the death of human curiosity especially amongst adults I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you got thinking about what we have been doing with our lives in case we are living in day in and day out especially during these times when we are really bogged down by one topic only which is coronavirus however he has 
somehow managed to transform that into a more positive experience for himself and he continues writing so i wish him all the best and i hope to speak to him soon in another episode of sorts um we might tackle something completely different but till then stay tuned so wax the tongue this is the absent tongue podcast see you again for the next episode next week bye bye